Jersey Jack talks playfields. Dutch pinball update. It's game over for Houdini. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston, and welcome to the Pinball Magazine and Pinball News, monthly pinball industry news uh, update podcast. And I'm here with Martin Ev from Pinball News, and we're looking back at the month of August 2019. Right. And uh, often the summer months are pretty quiet as far as pinball news and pinball information goes. But it's uh, looking at our our list of what's happened this month. I think uh, I think you'll agree, Jonathan. It's been pretty busy. Yeah, and this is going to be another four-hour episode, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So get yourself a drink, sit back, and enjoy it because we've got a a special guest appearing this time. Well, yeah. we've probably got two special guests, I expect. At some one of which is uh, our regular, uh, almost but not quite, makes it onto the show. Yeah. Uh, but we also have a um, well. We'll start with our very first story, and then we can we can lead into exactly what's what's been going on. Right, and that's um, um, well, you want to you want to explain what uh, what happened, um, Jonathan, about uh, this I'm, interview that we got. Well, I'm not sure whether I'm the most educated on the subject, um, but there has been um, quite some. Uh, well, let's put it like this: some people have been very vocal about. Um, Playfield issues that have been occurring um, or, or popping up the last month, whether it's um, uh, clipping of um, uh, clear coat on playfields or the rimpling of um, clear coat around posts, uh, like uh, you have on slingshot. Slingshot usually has three posts around it, and on some playfields by different manufacturers so there, uh, which have different contract manufacturers uh, providing the playfields to them um, these problems apparently occurred um, but there's no uh, uh, relation between these different manufacturers but for some reason apparently multiple manufacturers are um, facing these uh, uh, problems and some people have very big issues with them. Uh, for some people, it's the most important thing in the world. <laughs> um, personally, um, obviously not being affected by all of this, uh, since I have no game on order, um, I don't get that much what the fuzz is all about, but apparently on uh, a, a forum like Pinside and uh, certain podcasters um, tend to um, spend a lot of their energy in, in dissecting this problem. Um, apparently, even if they have no interest in this whatsoever because they don't have a, uh, any of these games that are affected, but still, it's a very big issue for them. Um, and apparently, it's such a big issue that um, uh, Jack Warnieri of Jersey Jack Pinball um, contacted us basically as um, he appreciates what we're doing with our podcast and and the way we cover news uh, for the for the pinball enthusiast community, so to speak. Um, and he wanted to uh, to speak up about the issue. Um, and uh, we previously recorded a um, well him commenting on on the situation, so to speak. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, now, one of the things that I think it's important to point out, as, as you just did, and and maybe to stress it a bit more, this is this is not something which is unique to that to Jersey Jack Pinball. Um, other manufacturers have experienced similar issues, although um, it seems to be something which is not entirely understood at the moment. And as part of that understanding, uh, it also means they don't necessarily have a a solution to this problem as such. They're trying various things, some of which will work, some of which won't work, but it might take a little while for them to actually get to the to the root of where the problem is and be in a in a much clearer state of mind as to how to tackle it and move forward. But as you know, it's it's not a it's not a thing which um, prevents the game from being played and being enjoyed, but it is a definitely a cosmetic issue. And so far, um, Jersey Jack Pinball have been spending their time trying to work out what it is that's wrong with the with the um, well, it's basically the clear coat on uh, some of these games. Yeah, um, and, and let me and it's worth stressing. Express yep. that. Um, um, it's not like it's affecting apparently all games. It's a very small minority number of games that that appear to be affected. Exactly, just what I was about to say. And um, the important thing there is that um, th- that they get the feedback and they understand what the problem is, um, how how many people it's affecting, what the results are, and um, and to do that, uh, Jersey Jack Pinball amongst others, I'm sure, have been going through, have been working with, with affected customers to try and resolve their issues and understand what, what the problems are. And um, that, I think, has led to some people seeing Jersey Jack Pinball as not communicating well with uh, their customers, right. whereas, in fact, they have been working uh, sort of behind the scenes to do this. But um, Jack wanted to come onto our podcast and tell us all exactly what's been going on and uh, what he and the company and uh, and the playfield supplier has been doing to uh, to try and uh, resolve the problems and will continue to do so with uh, people who get in touch and uh, report any issues they might be having but as you say it is very small um, very small um, a number of, or percentage of customers who have reported issues to them yeah. But um, I guess we, we should we should hear from Jack, and he can tell us exactly what it is he has to say about the about the issues uh, on the playfields. Right. Here's Jack. All right. Well, first off, I just want to apologize for the delay in speaking about this matter publicly, as we sorted through things internally, and um, we understand that some of our customers are concerned to see and hear of clear code shipping around posts on our Willy Wonka game. Um, the number of actual cases we have seen with true play field shipping is extremely low, and we're in the process of developing a program for anyone with documented damage, and um, we'll work with those customers on a case-by-case basis. And, you know, feel free to call tech support or call me directly uh, if you feel your machine has true shipping or damage. And we want you to feel confident and comfortable with your purchase, always. Uh, we want to notify customers not to take apart their machine, remove posts, etc., for the sole purpose of looking for chipping or problems under the posts. If you truly need to remove any part of the machine, we recommend contacting JJP Tech Support for instructions 
on how to do this properly. And for those customers who see rippling or pooling around any post, we want to urge you this does not mean your game will chip. We're diligently working with our vendor and engineers day and night on correcting any pooling moving forward. We have no reason to believe any games out there in the field are inadequate in any way, shape, or form. You should continue to enjoy and play your amazing game. Our companies put countless hours and efforts into making Willy Wonka a fun experience for you and your loved ones to appreciate for years to come. I mean, really, our people work hard every day with passion to design and create amazing games for you to play. As we always have, we will stand by our product and support our loyal customers. And I can tell you that'll never change. Thank you. Okay, so there you have it, folks. Um, straight from the horse's mouth, although I wouldn't want to <laughs> say that Jack's yeah. the horse. But, um, yeah, so you couldn't get it any, any more direct than that. <laughs> right. Um, at least um, uh, Jack is speaking up, which can't be said for all uh, manufacturers who are basically either, um, well, keeping the conversation to themselves, let's uh, let's call it that. And I can understand that Jack is looking for uh, or, or is judging each case uh, on its own, um, which, which they are apparently doing. And um, they're not going to uh, be, be very vocal about it, which I understand as well. Um, but um, I think it's, uh, it's a good thing that he... Um, speaks up, he's not hiding, and if people have an issue, then they can contact him. Yeah, I don't think any any pinball manufacturer would be particularly, you know, uh, looking to broadcast the fact that there were the potential problems with a, a small percentage of their games. Um, but they, the question is, how do they deal with them, and how do they resolve the problems that um, directly with the customers? And um, each, obviously, each issue needs to be dealt with on a case-by-case basis. If somebody's got a little bit of wrinkling of the clear coat around a, you know, an outlane post, that's not going to uh, result in the same kind of resolution as somebody who's who might have uh, no large flake taken off their the, an important part of the playfield along with the artwork. Right. You know, that could be that could that could have a different solution to it. So each right. each each one will be addressed on its merits and uh, and dealt with the. Yeah, and it also depends on how did this occur, because if your playfield was fine and you figured like, oh, i got to check out whether my playfield is chipping and you take your playfield apart and you ruin it that way, yeah, that, you sort of brought it onto yourself, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess so, although uh, I guess we're, we're also quite, you know, with older games, we're quite quite used to, you know, taking posts out and uh, and uh, cleaning the playfield and, and putting it all back together again without the playfield um, delaminating or the, the coat coming off. Right. Just well, doing many of these, these playfields don't have the coat that we are using uh, today. Today's coat is much uh, thicker. I don't know how long it takes for such coat to uh, completely harden out, or I'm not sure what the, the correct verb uh, would be. Um, no, I don't. I don't think anybody knows how long they take to to completely cure. I think that's the problem with them that uh, when they put all these extra extra thicknesses of of clear on, um, people assume oh it'll just take you know a little bit longer to to uh, to completely cure and then it will be as hard as uh, as a thin layer. I don't think that. I think we're finding now that's not the case, and maybe in some cases these will never be entirely hard. Well, I um, think it's it might very well be a case of not applying. Uh, too many layers because the more you apply, the softer 
the bottom layers will end up being. Yeah, sure I think that's the, yeah, I think I think that is. I don't think you can, you know, you can't just keep piling more and more layers of, of clear on and expect them all to end up being as as hard as the top surface. And that certainly doesn't seem to be the case. So if you're going to put a post on it and tighten it down and start twisting it, you can expect some uh, some slippage to occur. Right. And the thing is, obviously, while they're building these games now, it's you can't predict what will happen to a play field in in uh, I don't know six months or a year. I mean you. You just don't know what will happen with something that you spray on today. I mean, it's the same as walking across the street. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. There might be a well, car. There might not be a car. That's true. But um, I mean, from 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 our uh, our discussions both before and and after that 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 kind of statement from from Jack, I think uh, we 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 kind of got a feel for certainly for Jack's desire to to get this problem under control and not in terms of um, PR, but in terms of, of making sure customers are happy right. with the way that, that uh, any issues are resolved, but also that it's, it's still very much a sort of, it seems to be a, a black art when it comes to clear coating play fields these days with the extra layers and, and the higher quality finish that, that uh, the higher prices kind of bring, uh, demand. So when you're putting this extra glossy, almost mirror-like finish on playfields, this is kind of something which is, has not been done much in the past. And, and also that it's very possible that there are changes in the composition of these coats that they're putting on due to various you know, uh, health and safety regulations and, uh, and banning of, of uh, hazardous chemicals. Right, so uh, you basically need a chemist to figure out what's going on and how to prevent it and, or how to well, cure it. Well, even then, you know, there's so many factors involved. You know, what what's the atmosphere when this stuff's put on? What's the wood it's going on to? You know, what's right. the moisture content of that wood? What's the ink? Because bear in mind that playfields now are almost entirely inked. So your clear coat is not bonding with the wood anymore. Your clear coat is bonding with the ink, which is bonding with the wood. So if there's any any um, if the ink is not sticking to the to the wood, you know, then it might not be a clear issue. It might actually be an inking issue. Could be. Well, there's obviously there's plenty of speculation going on, and um, but for something that apparently is not even such a big issue, we've already been talking about it for over ten minutes. Um, I'd suggest True. we just True. okay. So Jack said what he wanted to say. Uh, people, if people have a problem, they can contact him. And let's discuss the other Jersey Jack Pimble news of this past month. Well, yes, okay, so there has been other Jersey Jack pinball news, and uh, they've been bringing out um, some, uh, well, they've been making games as well, you know, yeah. as well as uh, sorting out problems. Well, the Willy next Wonka. game uh, on the line is, uh, is Willy Wonka, uh, as, is. As, as people may, may know. Um, for, uh, and they also started shipping out uh, limited edition games of Willy Wonka. Um, and furthermore, uh, the game has seen um, so far three code updates the past month, and the most recent one being 1.13, uh, with various bug fixes and enhancements, um, and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, if you have a game, um, then you probably are far more interested in what has been updated than I am, so I'm not going to waste any more time on that. And there was also a new code update for The Wizard of Oz. Uh, you want to yes. chime in on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dirty Jack Pinball's first title, Wizard of Oz, got a uh, version 7.02 update 
this month, which um, wasn't a huge thing. It just added a few little bug fixes, and um, but what it did add is the uh, the feature that's been added on their later games, which is um, where you can uh, rather than do the um, the ball in play scoring or a count type feature where you can have the number of balls left or number of balls remaining to be played. And that with it allows you to add extra players to the game beyond ball one, which is the standard. If you're, uh, if you're playing um, the ball in play system, you know, which we're also familiar with ball one, ball two, ball three. Um, this one says how many balls you have left, but if it's not on your, if none of the players are on their last ball, then you can still add players to the game up to the maximum number of four. So that's something which is added in version 7.02 to the Wizard of Oz. Huh, so that could, could be a different way of playing the game. So it's quite quite fun. And it's good that they're uh, going back and adding that to, uh, to their very first title. Right. Okay. Then um, I guess that covers um, most of the, or all of the news regarding uh jersey jack pinball um, yeah i think so yeah yeah i think um i think jersey jack also uh he was on holiday uh for a couple of um well a certain amount of time of the past month but my huh? guess is many people were on holiday it's that time of year yeah right so um oh well um so then uh, moving on to our um, second headline and um i suggest we're not going to be discussing this in, uh, very in depth um, okay. Well, because well, we're going what, to. Well, what, okay. what is it? We're not going to be discussing. So, okay. Um, <laughs> Dutch Pinball send out a new newsletter um, with a lot of news that we had already uh, explained in our previous podcast. Yep. That's how so. informed we are, people. <laughs> we already know upfront. Yeah. If you listened to us last time, you'd know all this. Yes. And. Um, well, um, uh, explaining why I want to keep it short this time is um, for uh, um, we're recording this podcast on um, uh, the 30th of August, mm-hmm. um, and we're looking back on uh, which is a Friday, by the way. Uh, we're looking back on the month of August uh, 2019, but um, currently scheduled uh, is an exclusive interview with Barry from Dutch Pinball, which will uh, uh, supposedly is to be taking place um, next Monday. So, um, and we're not going to wait with releasing that um, uh, interview, at least that's not my intent. So the idea is there will be a special bonus episode podcast, uh, which in which Barry will basically talk us through whatever happened with the whole Dutch Pinball situation. Um, which is why I don't want to spend too much time discussing it right now, because that we'll be discussing that in our special bonus episode podcast with Barry of Dutch Pinball, and that will take. Uh, we'll record that uh, Monday evening uh, Dutch time, and I expect uh, if it doesn't ta- uh, need that much editing, and you, hopefully it won't, uh, that will be going out. Um, Maybe even the same day if you're in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, else, uh, hopefully the next day. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully Tuesday Tuesday morning here in Europe. Um, 
we certainly don't tend to, as, as you may have gathered from listening to us, we don't tend to do a lot of editing to this podcast. So yeah, sorry just about be, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a life to. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, but but it's it's more raw that way, and uh, you get what we really think. We don't we don't go back and say, oh, we shouldn't have said that. So uh, you get everything that uh, that comes from our consciousness, which uh, be it good or bad. But yes, uh, Monday evening is our planned interview with Barry. We had hope to have uh, an interview before now but Barry's just been so busy doing all the things he has been doing and we, we can do a little, uh, yeah, little can, bit of an update yeah, at the sure. moment so so um, so uh, what happened was in the uh, newsletter then um, oh I don't even have it here uh, in front of me uh, what I do know what happened is that um, I think we mentioned already in uh, our last podcast that um, Barry went over to uh, ARA their former contract manufacturer, um, yeah. they have now been paid in full and um, Barry picked up um, the uh, the games that were um, originally built like, what was it, two years ago, two and a half years ago, that were ready to ship out and then this, this whole issue occurred and uh, Aaron said, no, you're not shipping out these games. Um, so anyway... They came to... Uh, but, but he got those out of the factory, if I'm going to interrupt there. Got out of the factory before the before Ara went on their three-week summer vacation. Right. Is that uh, right? Te- technically not. Um, actually, Ara closed um, on a Friday, and I think Barry went in the next Monday, but management was still there, but all the, uh, the, the regular factory workers were all off on holiday. So it was just a bunch of managers uh, um, doing some stuff, whatever. So um, he went in and picked up the games. Um, Mm -hmm. He still has to go back and pick up the remaining inventory of parts. And that's likely to happen uh, next week. Right. And he's going to take them somewhere. Right. Um, uh, What I understood is looking at uh, multiple facilities or or buildings that would become the the new Dutch pinball uh, assembly facility, so to speak. Mm. Uh, But I'm sure he'll he'll get into that in our interview on uh, on Monday. But the interesting thing is, so the games that were uh, uh, at ARA shipped, um, they have been unboxed, um, checked, Tested and and uh, what have you, um, reboxed and sent to new customers. The yeah, ones these that, are the ones who bought through CoinTaker. Right, and um, I understood the games have been shipped directly to these customers, so they're not first shipped to CoinTaker and then CoinTaker is shipping them yeah. wherever they need to go. No, they went straight to whoever bought them. Um, and these games, well, not only did they ship, but they also arrived. Um, and I think they first uh, they, they they send out at least well one batch, uh, which was twenty games, mm-hmm. and I think another eighteen games uh, followed. Um, I'm under the impression that they shipped, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So take that with a little. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that confirmed either yet. Yeah. So. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, well, you um, obviously I didn't. I, I looked at the newsletter and there was some uh, everything in there I already knew. So I uh, yeah. But, but for you, yeah. it was apparently. Um, what did you? Uh, well, no. As I said, notice? I think I think everything, pretty much everything in there that um, 
that Barry mentioned we'd already covered in the previous um, discussion. I think the only thing that may, might have been confirmed in there was the fact that he had renewed the license on uh, the Big Lebowski um, with, uh, is it Universal? Yes. I think it is. Yes, yeah, for, for, an, for another year. Well, actually slightly more than a year. Well, yeah. license is due to expire and on the end, the end of this year. I think he's, he's extended it for one more year until the end of next year because I think that's um, that's all that they're allowed to. Yes. to uh, that's all that Universal wants to deal with is one-year extensions. They don't want to uh, right. get into long-term deals. So it doesn't mean that by the end of next year the production will be done because at the same time next year they can apply for an, another extension and if Universal is happy with what's going on then it shouldn't be any problem uh, to extend the license further and... and manufacture more games yeah I, I think assuming that they will be manufacturing games and um well i think last time we uh, had a, a sort of fairly frank discussion about the the uh, difficulties that uh, barry might face in setting up manufacturing so we don't need to go into that again and of course we can put all that to barry ourselves on uh, on monday as well and he can tell us about his plans and how he's going to going to produce all these games and uh, what that means for the early achievers uh, what the likelihood is of them getting machines uh, as part of this manufacturing deal? Now, how how many early achiever machines he thinks he can make out of the uh, at least a hundred uh, sets of games, uh, game parts, I should say, that uh, he thinks he's got. But um, it's unclear yet. Exactly unclear to us. Exactly or me, anyway. At least exactly yeah. what. What what he has in his inventory, and whether there really is one hundred plus games worth of parts, all the parts. Right. So um, what I'm expecting is it's going to be a, uh, an interesting, uh, hopefully, uh, interview with Barry uh, next Monday. Absolutely. Uh, um, Wasn't exclusive. I, I I would like to say. Uh, not only that, but uh, the interesting, uh, well, the, the perspective is obviously it's um, uh, the two of us. Talk, uh, talking to Barry, um, where um, I've been accused of being a um, uh, a Barry fanboy. No, I've not. Uh, although I'd, I'd like to say no, I'm not. But I'm more informed than most people on certain forums, so I know more what's going on, and that gives me a better uh, perspective on things, which makes me believe that um, the outcome that Barry is looking for is very much achievable. Um, I, on the same hand, I realize that you have a lot of questions, and I'd be happy to let you ask those questions because they are uh, valid questions, and um, you'd like to know how uh, things uh, are. are um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have the same level of, shall we say, confidence, trust, belief. I don't know. Maybe confidence. Um, I, I, I want, I want to ask the questions which everybody else who doesn't know the situation, like me, um, or doesn't know every detail about it, uh, would want to ask uh, somebody who's looking to, to do well, what Barry is looking to do. It's it's very difficult when you say, I mean, if you say what everybody wants to know, there are certain people who want to know details that really, serious. those are too ridiculous. I mean, you wouldn't ask them certain details uh, of people are looking for details because they feel they're entitled to certain details. Well, in in the same situation with other manufacturers, no, you wouldn't be entitled to that info. So neither uh, why should uh, Barry doesn't need to 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 uh, explain every fart that he makes. 
pardon my French, but <laughs> no, he doesn't. But it, but uh, I think it would be in, in his interest to um, to show the rest of the world and the pinball world in, in particular um, that he's got a serious proposition and he has both the the desire, the motivation, and the means to carry it out. And uh, that's what I'll be exploring as well, um, okay. as well as looking back at uh, how he got into. Um, the position that we're in now, right? So, um, uh, but that's all uh, uh, yeah, for Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's all for Dutch pinball right now. But at least the people who bought uh, recently uh, uh, a game um, received those games, and um, I've seen uh, reports that everybody so far is happy. Also, I've also seen people immediately. Uh, listing it on on eBay or what have you, um, yeah. as it being a new inbox game, completely tested and uh, twenty five thousand dollars, and it's yours. Mm. So so double your money basically. Yeah, but on the other hand, if Dutch Pinball gets their act together and starts making pinballs, why would you buy that game for twenty five thousand if you can buy it for twelve and a half or possibly even less in the future, depending on uh, what they are planning. Um, with the production of uh, upcoming games um, once they get things going. I mean, yeah. uh, one of the things but, I'm curious about is, is there going to be like a, um, let's call it a pro model, where they might take out the bowling mech um, hmm. uh, in order to make that a, a cheaper game. Then again, I also saw people um, uh, commenting like, yeah, they should take out the bowling mech and, and drop the price by $2,000. Um, but if you take out a Mac that doesn't even cost $2,000, how the hell do you expect the, the price of the game to drop by that much? That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I, I, I'm almost interested to ask, have you, have you actually seen a Pro and an Ellie game from Stern? Because the extras that uh, you get on an Ellie game certainly don't add up to the cost uh, of building the Ellie game. Yeah, okay, but this is uh, reverse uh, psychology, I would almost say. I mean, the idea is that if you take out, um, let's say that Bowling Mac is a $500 uh, mechanism. I'm just grabbing a uh, uh, out of the sky a number. Um, but if you take out a $500 Mac, you, you can't reduce the price of the game with 2000 I mean, that wouldn't make sense. Well, not that that's that's all you do, but obviously you could you could change other things. You know, you could say, well, with the LE, you, you know, you you got the rug. You'll you'll get other things. You'll get invisi glass. You'll get I don't know. Uh, maybe with the uh, with the LE, you get a, tr uh, a a proper back glass, and with the uh, the Pro, you get a trans light, and you get um, you know you, you can make you can add all the usual things that. The companies add to the LEs and and try to justify that differential. I mean, in, in strictly financial terms, of course, it doesn't work out. But if you want the exclusivity, you know, right. if you can say well, we're only going to make two hundred LEs and well, everything else could be a pro, yeah, there's another there's, way to look at price it. Differential. Um, there's another way to look at it as well. If you want to be one of those people that pay twenty-five thousand dollars for a big Lebowski, now's your chance. Mm. And you'll go down in history as one of the fools who bought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gambling, I suppose. It depends whether you, whether you think um, Dutch pinball will, will make any more or yeah, whether but, that's, but, that's but, it. 
But what 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 we don't want is a situation where people who bought a $25,000 game are now rooting for Dutch Pinball to fail because that way their game will keep its value. Yeah, but they they wouldn't have any uh, any means of ensuring that Dutch Pinball failed anyway, so they can root for all they want. Um, but it won't make any difference whether whether Barry can make games or not. Right, okay. Anyway, more Dutch Pinball in our bonus yes. episode on, that will, will be recorded on Monday evening and hopefully out early next week. Yeah, after saying we weren't going to talk about them for very long, we spent about 15 minutes talking about them. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so anyway, moving on. Um, we have a little bit of news from American Pinball, right. which was our, uh, our third headline. And... Um, the basic news there is that um, if you wanted a Houdini pinball machine, then your chance to get one is, uh, well, your window of opportunity is rapidly closing because they have stopped making them. And the only ones left now are the ones which are currently with distributors or, of course, private collectors. But if you want a new inbox one, it's uh, distributors are the only ones who, who have them. And, and they say they're not going to make any more or they have no plans to make any more. Right now, uh, obviously, whether whether they come along and do a you know a special edition at some point or an anniversary for um, a certain number of years after Houdini's birth, death, whatever um, first appearance, first movie, any of that kind of stuff, they they have the rights to do that in the future. But um, they they are uh, they're not making any more regular production machines um, from now on. Right, and that also has to do with the uh, uh, upcoming move to the new facility, um, which was supposed to have been taking place months and months ago. But oh well, you it's know, it's taking a bit longer. I think they've had um, issues with permits and uh, and getting the factory as well. The fact that the new building completed and uh, fully certified and uh, get all their all their their uh, certification done. Um, but uh, uh, I was talking to Duval earlier this, this week and he's very confident that they will certainly move into the, the factory this year. Right. Um, not, not in time for a pinball expo tour this year, but um, maybe next year. Right, okay. Well, speaking of Daval, who is the uh, owner of uh, American Pinball, um, mm -hmm. he's actually uh, coming to Europe, uh, Germany to be uh, more specific, and I believe he's going to be talking to uh, local distributors over there. Um, um, so, uh, and uh, we're um, look. Um, okay, I'm going to speak a little bit ahead of uh, things, but uh, the plan is to discuss early September with Naval the possibility of uh, one of American pinball designers coming over to uh, the Dutch Pinball Open, which is to be taking place um, the second weekend of November, uh, November 9th and 10th from the top of my head. Um, obviously, in the Netherlands, uh, it was, that will be the biggest pinball show uh, in Europe this year. Um, and uh, well, hopefully, we can we can work out um, uh, something to have um, um, some American people coming over as special guests. Mm. Yeah, still not confirmed, but uh, no, I'm but sure you're you're working on it. We're working on it, and uh, we'll be discussing this. Um, Early September, uh, probably after the Vol's uh, visit to Germany. So, so right. anyway, so um, well, 
Uh, see, we can discuss things briefly. That's the news mm -hmm. for American Pinball. <laughs> it is. Okay, so let's, uh, let's move on to what Stern Pinball have been doing yeah. uh, in the past month, because they've been quite busy with their... Uh, had, had two press releases put out by uh, the company, the first of which um, was a welcome to uh, Pablo Padilla, um, who is a new member of the, uh, the, the uh, technical support team. His technical support engineer working under um, Pat Powers, who's director of technical support. Right. So, um, first of all, um, if I may comment on that, um, mm -hmm. congratulations to Paolo Padilla for uh, landing this new job. Um, the second, um, I wasn't, I was a bit confused, like, why would this be worthy of a press release? Because it's, to me, it's almost saying, like, our product is no good. We have people in, <laughs> in place uh, to support you when it breaks down. That's a very harsh interpretation. Uh, I agree, it is, but that's how it came across to me because I was like, basically, they're telling me we need these people and we need to send out a press release because apparently it's not a um, uh, it's it's news that we hire people to service our games. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I should bite with that or not. Um, I think uh, having a, a good backroom support staff um, is, is vital for any company. And uh, the more machines you sell, the more support they are going to need. You know, the things, not only with um, things that go wrong, but also with uh, in terms of developing add-ons, enhancements, mods, and um, advising customers and um, distributors as well about... Um, about the current status of, of, of games and software issues as well. You know, I'm sure the technical side also covers uh, any bugs or any feature requests that might come in. So uh, with the number of games they're, they're pumping out and the number of different titles, it's uh, not a surprise that, uh, that they, will, uh, they will need to expand their technical support department. Right. So um, now I don't know Pablo Padilla uh, personally, um, but his last name and actually his first name as well, and I don't want to sound like a racist, but um, could it be that he's also hired um, in order to um, um, uh, focus on the, uh, the Spanish-speaking market that might need support? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that. Um... I have no knowledge, so I can't can't comment on on that. Okay, that we won't. But um, but also, I mean, one thing that might actually be of interest there is there is, there is a contents and, and could be related is the contents of the second press release, which announced that uh, two new distributors um, have been uh, worldwide distributors have been uh, appointed. One is Cartimex in Ecuador, so maybe that's got a, a link. I don't know to. Uh, to more technical support. Um, and the second one is Flipper Addict, who are based in New Caledonia. Right. Now, I had course, to look that up because I had no idea where what? it was. What? Yes. I thought everybody knew where New Caledonia is. Right. Yes, it's that uh, famous part of... Um, uh, no, not Canada. Uh, no, it's, uh, no uh, uh, it's north of New Zealand and east of Australia. That's it's, the one. So that little island with a population of 268,000 people. Yeah, and yes. uh, if you're in Europe, the island is about the same size as Crete in Greece. Right. So... so, so Crying out for pinball, obviously. 
And um, oh yeah, they're going to sell many, many uh, games. Uh, mm. Although you had an interesting theory because obviously uh, the location uh, of New uh, Caledonia uh, being sort of um, well near Australia and, really. and and New Zealand, it could be that they um, become um, a supplier for New Zealand as well. We don't know. Well, or Australia. Um, I've I've sort of heard. Various rumours over the over the time about um, about uh, because both each uh, both of those countries have one uh, stone distributor each, I believe, and um, Australia is not not a small country. No. That way. Maybe having one distributor is not enough. So perhaps um, perhaps a little bit of competition as well from uh, from a, a a second distributor based in New Caledonia. Who now bear in mind that they don't necessarily need to physically have a uh, presence in a country to be able to sell into it. They, they can get stuff drop shipped, uh, or indeed have an have a, an office or a contact in another country which uh, can deal with the distribu- distribution and service issues. Right. So um, it might also not hurt to have a little bit of competition between distributors uh, in that area. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, so that, that's a, that's that's just something which which uh, is a just putting out there as a possibility. I don't know whether it uh, makes a lot of sense, but um, I mean, New Caledonia being as small as it is, appointing a distributor to there um, seems I don't know seems um, a little ambitious, shall we say? Well, if if there is no distributor there, then how are the, all these games going to get there? Yeah, well, I'd certainly say that Flipper Addict have a uh, have a really nice looking arcade um, or game room in, on their premises there. So they certainly need to get the newest games. Um, and worth stating, they're not not only Stone games; they also had Jersey Jack games, from what I saw, and, uh, and maybe others as well. Um, but uh, that so they are, uh, are no, a decent size operation. Right. And, um, and maybe that alone is is enough, and and maybe maybe they, you know maybe they buy enough stern machines um, for their own use that they can uh, they can justify that, and and reckon they can work out some uh, some from further markets that they can fill. So uh, oh, anyway, congratulations to them, um, Flip, Flipper Addict in New Caledonia. Uh, Cartimex um, is a, is a bit of a strange one because I, I was checking out their their company and yeah, you uh, did your homework. Very good. Yeah. In in Ecuador, and uh, of course, go to their website and look for stern machines, and um, didn't find any. Um, in fact, they they seem to be a sort of almost like a, a sort of giant electronic uh, computing mobile phone, cell phone routers, computers, and components, and um, retailer, general retailer. But um, I guess they haven't got around to putting the Stern products on their website yet. But it's not certainly not a, a games company or a, or a home leisure company. It's more a sort of um, sort of Best Buy. Um, sort of uh, domestic or retail electronics company. Right. So uh, maybe that that's a good area for Stern to work on selling you know, the pin, um, the sort of more home orientated games, and and the pro level rather than the uh, the premium and the LE games. But I don't know. It's uh, they're trying different things. So uh, good luck to them. See 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 if they can uh, they can make inroads into the uh, the Ecuadorian market. Right. Okay, um, then uh, moving on. Uh, obviously, the latest game um, that Stern has uh, revealed is Jurassic Park. 
Um, and the company started shipping out pro games, which have started appearing in um, well, at people's homes and barcades and what have you. So uh, the, um, mostly in the U.S. Um, I know that uh, a few, uh, or I know of at least one party in Europe that uh, that that flew in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, uh, other than that, uh, most most of these games have been uh, distributed in uh, the US so far. Yeah, certainly in this country, in the UK, we were told we wouldn't be getting any Jurassic Parks until uh, the middle of September. Right. So, um, which is unusual because quite often, you know, the Europe, the uh, European games will be shipped, literally shipped um, first. So they arrive here in in plenty of time for uh, to uh, to coincide with the U.S. release, but uh, it seems to be a a change in strategy this time. Right. Well, I do know that um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is a bit of a contradiction, I realise that. But um, Pinball Universe in Germany apparently already has a Jurassic Park. Uh, on display in their uh, mm-hmm. showroom. So if you're in Germany, uh, then here's your chance to play the game um, and see whether it's uh, something that you would like to uh, to purchase. And um, I think that wraps it up for the uh, Stern Pinball news, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're busy producing Jurassic Park games and, uh, and updating the code. And it looks like with uh, 0.87, they're a little way away from the, the final version, production version, but I'm sure it'll be coming along soon. Right. So, And uh, the designer of um, uh, Jurassic Park, Keith Elwin, uh, first of all, congratulations to him for winning uh, yeah. what's it called, replay effects Pinburg. or uh, Pinburg, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, by, again, uh, <laughs> again, and and with a massive, uh, what you call it, um, uh, advantage to the rest. Like, he didn't even have to play the final game. Um, some, uh, I'm, I'm, I've seen that certain players don't have to play the last ball. No, he didn't have to play the final game. He already won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he certainly dominated that final. So, uh, yeah, huge congratulations to Keith. I'm sure he's uh, he'll he won't just treat it as yet another win. I'm sure everyone is as important as the last. But uh, yeah, he certainly is the master of a uh, Pinberg. Right. So, um, and he also appeared on um, I think uh, the Head to Head Pinball podcast discussing uh, Jurassic Park and a little bit of Iron Maiden, as well as on a uh, podcast um, made available for the uh, Stern Insiders, um, which I haven't heard because I am not one of those. Mm, no, nor me. So yeah. there we go. So, uh, but um, well, congrats on uh, uh, to Steve on his Pinberg win and Steve, uh, Steve, <laughs> Keith. Uh, sorry about that, Keith for his Pinberg win and you give away a secret name now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, and of course, uh, his Jurassic Park being um, um, apparently received uh, with a very positive uh, feedback so to speak other than uh, apparently playfield issues but we won't get back into those <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah. oh well we cover that enough yeah 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 absolutely yeah people who uh, people who i think first saw it were a, had a kind of uh, mixed opinion of the game but once they've seen it in action and um, played it for themselves i think they've uh, definitely been uh, been uh, 
swung around and uh, become big fans of it. So uh, yeah, yeah, nice, nice, uh, nice job to Keith, aka Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, moving on to Suncoast Pinball from uh, California. Mm. Yeah. They uh, start well. Um, they have been increasing the production on uh, their Cosmic Carnival game, um, which is, I, I guess, good news. Um, but they also announced that that same Cosmic Carnival game will be limited to 100 units instead of, I think, the 250 they originally announced. Yeah, I think 250 was the uh, was their original target. Um, yeah. Um, it's it's a hard sell, isn't it, in this market to to uh, be a new pinball manufacturer and come out with a with a brand new game, you know, initial game, and unless well, you've got a good unless you've got good distribution, good distribution, and also and or strong home sales, um, you're going to you know have to, have to uh, temper your ambitions on uh, on the first games until you're um, you know rather well established, right. Um, although I would say that certain uh, we've seen in the past uh, for certain games there was no problem to um, um, get a huge uh, uh, following behind the company. Um, speaking of Lebowski in this case, um, but apparently times have changed and people tend to be more careful with uh, buying games from new manufacturers in the sense that um, yes, they could be limiting. The, the the number of uh, games to uh, 100 but it could all, uh, okay I'll, I'll be the black sheep over here and yeah. say the elephant in the room it could also be that they might not be able to sell more than 100 games yeah I think that's um, that's a reasonable uh, expectation uh, I don't know whether I don't know what they um, done their calculations on and with how many parts they'd ordered for their games. Yeah. Maybe they only ordered a hundred in the first place, and they had to see whether it was worth after after that buying another hundred and fifty to complete the run. Yeah, on the and perhaps they decided it, 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 you know, the orders weren't there to uh, to make that worthwhile. Right. Uh, on a positive note, they also indicated that they are working on games two and three. Um, it could also be that. Uh, Games two and three have a much bigger potential, and they want to focus on that. So, yeah, pick, pick, okay. what, pick whichever you like. Yeah, uh, you have to be careful not to get get ahead of yourself too much. We've seen other companies try and do that and say, "Well, if you don't like this one, then you'll like the next one." And um, in the end, uh, you know, they, they they get overstretched because their resources uh, are split. Uh, rather than concentrating on on one machine, they're now trying to concentrate on three, and then uh, which games they marketing, which ones are they supporting, you know, which parts they get. But we'll see. Um, we, I'm sure we we both wish Suncoast Pinball all the very best sure. in their uh, in their uh, future development and uh, and sales of Cosmic Carnival. So, uh, which I think we all agree looks absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah, Car- and, uh, cosmetically, it's uh, a very very. Nice looking game. Um, I haven't been able to play the uh, uh, the current software, um, so I don't know how much fun it is. Um, but um, I'm expecting them to. Well, if if this game, their first game, is a prelude of what's to come, um, mm-hmm. I'm very much interested. So bring it Good. on. 
Yeah, good. Um, and I'm glad we got all the way through this part without anybody um, saying the phrase, hit it out of the park um, yet. Um, so uh, let's see if we can uh, manage to get through the entire but podcast. No, you just said it. Oh, oh, damn. Uh, okay. Uh, well, no, nobody else say it then. Okay. Um, no. Oh, um, thanks. Uh, I, I know I shouldn't be saying it, but we might be <laughs> getting a call, and you never know what Gary going to say. Oh well, absolutely. Um, well, if he does, then we'll we'll do one of those edits that we don't do very often, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll make an him. exception and edit Gary out. Oh well, yes. Um, no, that's not a that's, very nice thing to say. No, we'll keep Gary in as, as as soon as we get him on the phone, which is a, a challenge. Yeah. Anybody of our regular listeners will know that it's a challenge to get Gary on the show. And believe us, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, many times. And uh, no, who knows? Let's see how the, how today goes because uh, I have a good feeling about it. But. Um, so that was Suncoast Pinball. Yeah. Uh, um, well, yeah we we should have made a, a bridge, actually, uh, when we were talking about New Caledonia to Haggis Pinball, which is on next on my list, but it would have yeah. made more sense earlier on. Anyway, so Haggis Pinball, Australia-based, um, they were supposed to reveal their Kels game at the Brisbane Masters. Hmm. Guess what? <laughs> uh, they Pinball. did. Pinball is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Harder than they thought. Yeah, and apparently they were not completely satisfied. The game was um, um, almost ready to go, but not quite. So they decided not to reveal it, and um, it looks like they're saving it now for Pinball Expo, which is in uh, October. It is indeed, and... Uh... I don't know. I'm. I. I'm not. I haven't seen anything yet from Haggis, which leads me to believe that they're going to be producing commercial quality pinball machines. Uh, I'm. I'm waiting to be convinced, and I really want to be convinced. But everything I've seen so far has been. I don't want to say amateurish, but less than professional looking. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm really wanting to be blown away by whatever it is they produce at Expo in October because. I, I'd like to be convinced, and I can't imagine I'm alone in this. Right. Um, um, I mean, what, what what's your opinion of, of uh, what they've shown us so far, Jonathan? Well, the only thing that I can go by is the um, uh, seeing the prototype, the white boot that they showed at the uh, Texas Pinball Festival earlier in March. And yeah. um, actually, I came across a video um, of uh, this guy from Haggis Pinball, mm-hmm. I forgot his name, yeah. Um, uh, who was explaining in that video that uh, instead of shipping a game to Texas, he was going to ship a white wood and then building the game there and showing it off. And I, um, if the game is going to be what I saw at Texas, then I'm afraid your expectations won't be met. Mm, yes, it's um, it was a long way from being anything professional. Um, and it was certainly, you know, he was saying very clearly that he basically he shipped a bunch of parts and then reassembled everything um, in well, Texas like the night before the show. Right. But if that was everything, then that was far from a completed game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think the bar has been raised so far now that you can't sort of come along with a project game at that level 
and expect to be taken seriously. Well, um, this game was um, uh, housed in a, uh, a belly cabinet or uh, yep. similar to um, um, uh, a uh, total nuclear annihilation uh, cabinet, that, that same style, uh, without any ramps. Um, but I think if we look at what happened last year with um, our friends from um, uh, Team Pinball in the UK, mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you're producing a, uh, a game without any ramps, people are still expecting at least the same um, uh, level of, of, of complexity and, and yeah. game rules, etc., as on Total Nuclear Annihilation. So basically people want to be blown away um, and impressed, uh, even if it's a game without any ramps, and uh, that's a tough nut to crack. It is if you haven't got, um, you know, if you haven't got a huge number of shots or you haven't got a huge number of targets in your game, then you need need to really sort of work what you do have and get the get the most from it, and come up with some really creative ideas for exactly how you're going to um, sort of entertain the player, because because making the shots alone is is not going to be enough. Right. Um, and I think that's a, that's a that's a problem. And I haven't seen I, I know I know Haggis Pinball have been documenting their work very extensively on uh, in, through their videos. So kudos to them for doing that. But I'm not feeling like they're a serious competitor, and maybe they don't want to, don't want to be a serious competitor, you know, because um, there are enough other companies out there. We've already looked at um, what five manufacturers so far and we got uh, probably another two or so to go after this so it's a very crowded market out there even more i'm afraid so yeah yeah so but it's a crowded market and but but the market is very segmentated or uh segmented what what's the yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so um i mean it took stern 30 years to become what they are today and uh, with all the respect to Stern, because they have their manufacturing absolutely in place. They are a, um, well, they're, uh, in the Western world, they are able to get their games everywhere. Um, that, that's, uh, that's a given. Uh, if you're a new party, uh, or if you're, uh, if you're new to the party, so to speak, um, you don't have that distributor network. Um, you, uh, and, and and that's where companies are struggling. Yeah, you know? as you said, and, with Suncoast. And, yeah, well, not only Suncoast, but I'd say even American Pinball, possibly. Uh, while they do have a, a, a um, quite an impressive network of uh, distributors, um, it's not that I'm... I don't signal many of their games being here in, in, in Europe distributed. Uh, obviously, it might be different in the U.S., um, but being based in Europe, I, if I go to shows, um, you're lucky to find one of these games. Um, so they're, they're still quite a rarity over here. Let's, let's put it like that. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, it could also be that they end up uh, with collectors who don't want to move them out of their house and move them to a show, but um, that's the yeah. imp- impression I got so far. So if you don't have a distributor network in place, then it's going to be very difficult um, to sell the amounts of games that you might need to um, to make it profitable. Yeah, and I think you also need to differentiate yourself from the crowd. 
in a number of ways. Um, you can do that on pricing, do that on theme, you can do that on features. Um, but just trying to do what you know, companies like Stern do, but with a different title. Well, you know, actually, thank you for this nice little bridge because I just realized we skipped the manufacturer. Um, yeah. We forgot to talk about Spooky Pinball, which yeah, are. Yeah, coming back to that. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, because what you're describing is exactly what Spooky is doing. And they stick to their niche. They do what they what they are good at. They do it at their own pace. Uh, and it's paying off for them. It is. And then they uh, they also you know, have a few um, sort of less, well, I suppose, uh, sort of more out there ideas when they come along with, with uh, work with Scott Denisi on games like TNA, which probably, well, definitely doesn't fit in with their standard workflow up until that point. You know, they were, they were doing what they were doing based on themes, uh, based on licenses as well, you know, from the Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that was the way they were going because they were doing a very successful job in, in licensing and, and building games at, at a uh, scale which they felt they could cope with and didn't want to get any bigger. Um, and then, um, you know, out of left field came Scott with uh, with TNA, and that's proved to be a, a welcome disruptor, I would say, to their their production schedule. It certainly delayed Alice Cooper being being made, but uh, it, was a, it was a runaway success, and um, I'm sure they were very happy to to delay it in that way and um, have the, all that all that extra income and uh, manufacturing that uh, that came from. From TNA, and of course, um, moving on to uh, TNA, which uh, is a natural flow into that. Um, we could say that that Scott is working on a uh, code update, another code update to yeah. TNA. And uh, well, um, well, speaking of the production of, of TNA, um, uh, Charlie Emery um, confirmed earlier this month that uh, we might see. A new run of TNA. Uh, there's still uh, uh, every week they get calls of people who are interested in buying uh, one of those games. Um, mm. I might have a new inbox one. Anyone interested? But <laughs> it helps if you're in Europe. Um, but uh, uh, so the TNA 2.0, uh, which at this point is not uh, very certain when it will be uh, built, but they're um, looking into some cosmetic updates um, that will differentiate the game, um, well, in a cosmetic way from from the first production run. But yeah. uh, if you're looking for a TNA, um, give it some time because um, I expect them to finish Alice Cooper first, uh, which is expected to be around Christmas. And the, uh, the, uh, the plan was to move on to Scott's second game, Although it could be, and we don't know, that's up to Spooky, but they might decide to run a couple of TNAs first, another run of, I don't know, 50 or whatever you, um, and then move on to Scott's uh, second game. Uh, but it all depends on how far the second game is along in uh, the design uh, process, uh, code update, and what have you. Um, but, okay, we'll see how that works out. Um, yeah. Should give credit to um, yeah, Paul the Man's, Man's Pinball, Pinball podcast, podcast. For, for, yeah, who where Charlie was speaking. Yes, yeah. exactly. So sorry for not mentioning that earlier, but that was indeed on the Poor Man's Pinball podcast. There, I said it twice. 
And I said it once. And um, he also said that they had two more games in development, I think, after after Scott's game. Yes. So uh, no sign of any uh, slowing down at Spooky Pinball when it comes yeah. to developing new titles. Which is actually interesting because that uh, makes me wonder if they have two more games in development, then does that mean they have two more designers? Hmm. Well, who knows? And especially since Charlie indicated that he is not working on a game. Um, well, Charlie designed Alice um, uh, mm-hmm. Cooper, and um, so then, who is who is designing the, the other games at Spooky Pinball? Yeah, it's a good question. Maybe Scott's doing them as well. I don't know. Well, he's got a, a whole bank of ideas. Who knows? Could be, could be. But it's uh, that's interesting. Uh, it could be that they have some new in-house talent that we don't know about yet. Yeah, and of course Bowen's working for them as well. Uh, so maybe he's he's uh, come up with some ideas. Well, he might figure if Keith can do it, he can do it too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it can't be that hard, can it? But this designing pinball. No, work. it, it yeah. can definitely be that hard. But it helps <laughs> if you have uh, uh, people around you that know what you're doing, and yes, uh, or what, what what they are doing. So that that gives you a little air to breathe as a designer, and uh, people. Uh, if you're working with a team that is. Uh, knowledgeable on, on on what they're doing, they might be able to prevent you from making um, yeah, so design mistakes. Uh, yes. yes, and so on. So yeah, who knows? Um, uh, could be interesting. I'd be interested uh, in seeing what Bowen Karras would come up with uh, as a pinball design. Yeah, absolutely. We're not saying that he definitely is, but uh, just put it out, out there as uh, speculation of uh, of where some of these new uh, spooky pinball games might be coming from. Right. So, and, um, well, getting back to what you were uh, leading into, um, (laughs) Scott is working on a a code update for TNA, and he's also working on an expanded edition of the TNA soundtrack. Um, That doesn't mean that, um, well, let me explain what uh, the expanded edition includes. Um, It's about remastered versions of the songs available um, on the original soundtrack, plus an extra track called Scarlet, which is also the name of the female character uh, that's supposed to be blowing up all these reactors. Mm. Uh, Which is themed after or um, uh, based on Scott's wife, um, Sarah Rose, by the way, if you didn't know that. Yes. So, um, now this uh, remastered album uh, and the new track will be um, uh, available on um, scottdenisi.com starting uh, this September 19th, but it will also be available on Spotify and uh, uh, other platforms and so on. Um, and the... the um, Scott made an, uh, a comment about it. I forgot what it was, but I did, what he called it. But um, the uh, uh, the opening track of the album uh, will be uh, sort of Beepgate uh, version two, which is leading me to believe that, um, if I recall it correctly, Scott had um, in the if if you if you recall the uh, the opening track or the, the the main theme of Total Nuclear Annihilation. When you uh, when you start the game, there was yep. this high beep in there, um, which he turned down an octave uh, for the album, and uh, as well 
um, on the game, and then people started complaining that they were missing the high beep because it was obviously lacking some high frequencies. So we might see a return of the high beep on the new um, expanded edition album of Total Nuclear Annihilation. Yeah, I wonder whether the, uh, the any remade versions of the you know TNA version 2.0, if they put that in production, whether that will feature the new soundtrack rather than the original. Um, there be any changes to it, or whether it might even have the extra the extra track in it. Right. Um, well, we just have to wait and see. Wait I guess. and see. Yeah. Yep. But, okay. Uh, yeah, that would, would would be a nice welcome, you know. I mean, and um, obviously with. Um, um, memory isn't a problem for uh, for pinball machines anymore. Not these days, no. Oh, so um, yeah, so so if Scott wants to uh, to update all the music in the game, then be my guest. Yeah, and also it's worth mentioning that if you did buy the original TNA album, all the music from the TNA, um, then the uh, a bonus track will be available for you to download for free. From scottdenisi.com. Yeah, so uh, also can, from the 19th of That September. does make me wonder how can I update my cassette? Oh, ah, yes. Uh, I can't answer that one at the moment. I'm sure there's, I'm sure that it's all been covered uh, and will be available uh, on the, in the instructions to tell you exactly how to do it. Or, right, okay. So I was yeah. looking on uh, Scott's website uh, regarding this <laughs> update that he's uh, currently working on. Right. Um, what's interesting, uh, or what I found interesting, but at the same time, uh, it also made me a little bit uh, reserved. Um, apparently, Scott is, has completely reprogrammed the way the flippers are operated and the slingshots as well. Um, now, I quite like how the flippers actually flip on um, a, a TNA and the slingshots as well, uh, especially as powerful as they are. Um, so I might, um, obviously, I, I own a, a, a TNA, and um, I might be taking a look at other people updating their games first, whether <laughs> I'm going to update mine as well, because I really like how it plays, and if this is going to be affecting uh, uh, gameplay uh, in a way that I might not like it, then there's no way in going back, I'm afraid. Well, presumably you can, uh, you can download the current version of software and keep that as a backup. And then roll back to it if you don't like it. But well, I, I thought, um, but it uses uh, P Rock, doesn't it, as yes. the uh, the underlying system? Yes. So I, I'd have thought that the the flippers and the slingshots would have been directly driven um, through, uh, rather than being, you know, just like a, a regular solenoid. They they have a different normally have a different circuit for slingshots and flippers that are much more responsive and don't require. The signal having to go back to a host PC and then over USB and then back again in order to, to and all the delays that that in, in, uh, entails. So I don't know how much um, scope there is to actually change how the slip, uh, the flippers and well, slingshots or the slippers and slingshots. My uh, my understanding is work. that TNA is uh, uh, running uh, on uh, this software called uh, Skeleton Game. Which is a sort of uh, the, the the starting point where you start, and so you already, if you install skeleton game on your whitewood or whatever you have, then you already have yeah. the flipper slipping and the slingshots and, sure. and so on. And apparently, uh, that those features Scott uh, currently uh, is addressing. So I'm I'm curious to see how that will um, if how that will turn out. 
Yeah, especially maybe if he's addressing at a, at a lower level than uh, the sort of regular game coding because obviously he's uh, quite into into software. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's uh, rewritten aspects of the of the co- of the core code which yeah. handle that kind of thing. Uh, my biggest fear, of course, is here that um, uh, I really like how snappy the, uh, the, the slingshots on, on TNA currently are, and I hate to see them turn into sort of like stern slingshots. Because I, d- I don't think they'll go soggy. I don't think he's going to uh, he's going to uh, reduce the uh, the uh, vibrancy and the action that you'll get from those. If anything, he's looking looks to get more out of it. Even more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well. Um, moving on to uh, well, let's let's move to Texas. Our dear friends uh, at Deep Root Pinball. Mm. Yeah, so um, there's been a little movement there with um, the historic side of um, of their games. I suppose going back to um, what happened with Zidware and um, John Popperduke's company which um, Deep Roots basically bought up and took over a certain amount of responsibility for. And uh, those customers who bought games such as Magic Girl and Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. And And Alice uh, in Wonderland. And Alice in Wonderland as well as the third title, which uh, hasn't really been addressed yet. But certainly the first, certainly Magic Girl and um, to some extent, Retro Atomic Zombie, I call it Razza because it's a lot easier. Um, those people who put money into those games and didn't get anything in return, other than the enjoyment of having kept Zidware going for a number of years. Um, uh, Deep Root was looking to uh, basically do a deal with them in order to set, settle any claims they might have had against Zidware and John. And um, Part of that deal, as I understand it, was that the customers could either get a cash settlement or they could get a uh, a, a retro atomic zombie adventure land when that game was produced. Um, and I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Jonathan, because you probably know more about it than I do, that there was a kind of deadline imposed on when that game would be produced by, by Deep Root with the proviso that if the game wasn't available by a certain cutoff date, then a cash payment would be made in lieu of a game. And I think that deadline was missed, uh, or was reached, so I should say. And I think people were, were basically given the cash rather than a game. Right. Is, um, is that your understanding of it? Or, well, uh, I understood that the people who, who basically opted for a cash settlement, um, they got paid. And I'm not uh, the whole Raza thing uh, that, that you just mentioned. I'm um, actually not that educated on, so I wouldn't be able to tell whether that's a, uh, whether your story is the way it went down. The way I understood it is the people that um, uh, asked for a, a, a cash settlement um, got paid. And um, that's all about all I know about it. But it's a good thing that they got paid. And if they want to, um, um, if Deep Root uh, starts producing games and they feel like, hey, I'm happy to buy uh, from them, then let's hope they do. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's a very ambitious adventure that they started on, and uh, I'm I'm highly curious to see how it will unfold. Uh, obviously, expectations are high, and especially with the, the the whole distribution thing that we just discussed, 
Um, that's going to be also a factor for DeepRoot. I mean, building games is one thing, but if you have no distribution, then what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. Well, it's very hard to uh, to convince distributors to take your product where you haven't got a product to show them yet. Right. But, but that that will be fixed this November, at least, yeah. well, when, when the first Raza games are due to be unveiled at the Houston Arcade Expo. Still, and, uh, uh, as, as prototypes, at least that that's yeah absolutely yeah. so that's the kind of thing where they can uh, they can show to distributors and say this is this is the kind of product we're going to be producing wouldn't you like to get on board and 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 uh, be our representative right so um oh well uh so it's a good thing that deep root is um um acting uh or uh, uh, what's the, the sorry <laughs> at least they're uh, uh, keeping up their promise and uh, paying out whenever uh, money is owed. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how. I don't know whether that settles. Uh, I don't believe it settles all the claims against Zidware from the people who uh, owed games. Yeah, uh, but it's a start, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, and uh, yeah. we'll still have to see how things uh, develop any further. Um, but. Um, for now, okay. Kudos yeah. to Deep Root for, uh, for, yeah, for, for for living up to what they promised. Yeah, so, that's uh, right. Yeah. So, um, very short news from um, our uh, friends uh, Randy and Chris at Color DMD. Yeah. They announced um, one of. Uh, it's not a. They announced Hurricane as uh, their ninety fourth title. So if you own a Hurricane, and I know a lot of people do, uh, because I, I keep coming across that game at uh, shows, and um, I actually like playing it. I think it's a fun game. I wouldn't mind having one in, a, in my collection uh, at some point. Okay. Um, um, it's probably, my, probably the favorite one of the, um, sort of the, the Riverview um, coaster ride games. Right. But... Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, Comet or uh, um, what was the other one? Um, Cyclone. Cyclone. Yes, well done. Yeah, are those games either? So they they don't do it for me. Right. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think Hurricanes not you know as a DMD version um, and having a slightly more interesting playfield layout. Right. Yeah. So yeah. well, for me, the, uh, the it's a nice and simple game, and being not that. Uh, I'm not a Keith Elwin in terms of a, a pinball player, um, unfortunately not. And um, and I do have a little history with that game as I was in the military service and I played the crap out of it. So mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for Hurricane there, I said it. Right, okay, so guilty pleasure. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sort of, yes. <laughs> Oh well. well so, uh, but uh, congratulations to uh, to Randy and Chris. And uh, well, their ninety fourth title that means they are getting awfully close to one hundred. Yeah. Now, what's the one hundredth title likely to be? Do you think? What would be the 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 uh, the centenary game? Well, I'd say what a very nice one would be is. Um, um, uh, damn, I forget the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. well, we can come back to that a bit later yeah. if you like. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> well, but uh, well, what, what do you, what do you listeners think would be a, a suitable number one hundred 
to mark the, uh, the, the first 100-color DMD game. Well, I mean, the problem is there's, having... there's not that many games. Well, yeah, that's the question. Uh, well, would, there ever, would there be 200? Um, well, I don't the... think there's even 200 uh, dot matrix games. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Um, even if you if you take the Stern, uh, sorry, the Stern, the um, the Data East small display ones, like right. Batman and um, Checkpoint and all those those early games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh well, we're all waiting for that. And um, not to, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they take it up to two hundred. I'm not sure somebody can uh, can jump on uh, IPDB. Yeah, I and, could, but uh, I don't feel like that. It right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Perhaps we'll uh, have to do a perhaps we'll do a feature on IPDB um, fairly soon and uh, find out what's happening there. But um, yeah, so number ninety four, Hurricane Color DMD. Uh, now, um, you uh, let's move on to pinball shows for a moment. Well, actually, how about we move on to um, announced pinballs that we haven't seen in the in the flash yet. Okay, but um, we'll hopefully see pinball shows coming up fairly soon. Right. So, um, but um, no, as uh, well, we 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 discussed uh, uh, manufacturers, and um, uh, there is a uh, um, a company that announced that they are intending to start making pinball uh, machines. Which is um, uh, Pinball Adventures Technology, also known as Pinball Buzz, um, and you might know them as publisher of uh, Pinball Adventures Volume One and Two. Although I haven't seen Two in any printed form yet, but it's available as a um, um, a, a Kindle um, download for yes. uh, for the Kindle app or yes. uh, anything that reads Kindle books. Right. Yeah, so, um, that's available on Amazon now, um, which you can download. I, I went to try and buy Volume 2 in print. Oh, and it that was said, you. Yeah, that was me. And it said uh, it would be available in one to three months. And now, I, I don't suppose that means it's being shipped from the US. I think it probably means it's actually not available just yet. Right. But uh, but maybe maybe in the US you can buy it, but in the in the UK, that's, uh, but that's it. there's no definite delivery date on that right. uh, whereas the kindle version you can you can download immediately right so uh, it's definitely been produced but uh, maybe maybe not printed right so but anyway but, they yeah. also yeah. Uh, uh, announced uh, aside from uh, publishing uh, books uh, they also announced that they would be building pinball machines yes they uh, came up with one called punny factory 2520 as their first title um, and they published a flyer on the website. They did indeed, uh, which uh, I think in when they first announced the game, they uh, they had a sort of vague look at how, what the game would or what the cabinet would look like. And right. um, this no, new no, flyer, they, no details on the playfield. No, you can't see the playfield. Uh, but and then they produced the flyer, which actually doesn't show you any more, other than the the suggestion that there's a, a display in the back box. Um, very much of the sort of same size as, um, I'd say, the Mafia, you know, the way that their display right. was, yes. and about the same place. And um, there was like a five-inch yeah. display, something like that. Uh, I think it's a bit bigger. It's probably about seven or eight, um, but it's uh, it's at the bottom part of the the playfield. But the interesting thing is that uh, this 
I didn't I didn't pick up on the fact that it was called 2520 as a as a part of the title before but it, it kind of suggests it's futuristic because on the cabinet side it says established uh, punny factory inc established 2520 um so futuristic it doesn't look futuristic it looks very uh, cartoony yeah, in the, in the in the way the artwork is done, and uh, they burnt sort of the laser cut twenty five twenty into the side rail, or the the flipper button um, protector part of the side rail, and also into the back box hinges. So this twenty five twenty is obviously a thing for them, but uh, must be part of the backstory to the game, which um, is not obvious because it seems to be about um, sort of collecting things that have escaped from the pun fact punny factory and uh, and gathering them up and, and bringing them back again before uh, the, the big boss returns but uh, it sounds sort of fairly childish in a way but um, it well, also they might be aiming at a different audience than the, the other pinball companies are aiming oh, absolutely. at absolutely yeah family friendly titles nothing wrong with that we've seen that before from, from various companies right. uh, and on the back on the top of the back box is a uh, sort of smokestack a couple of chimneys with what looks like smoke coming out of them, but I think it's probably sort of um, crepe paper or um, some kind of um, fine material, white material, uh, which can probably be blown with a fan from inside. And um, above that on the flyer is a uh, is a logo for a company called Interactive Smokestack, who presumably produce this uh, this smokestack effect. Right. So. So, so um, yeah, okay. so well, looks interesting. It looks yeah, interesting, but, but um, obviously, no, no, nobody is holding their breath uh, for these games to come out since the the, the um, projected timeline for the uh, the publishing of the books hasn't been met. So we'll still have to see whether they will actually have a game available this year. I mean, it's already September, so. Well, no one's holding a gun to the head. They haven't haven't set a, a production schedule, have they? they? Haven't said when it's going to be I available. I think uh, they announced a game for 2019, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I might be mistaken, so don't take my word on it. Look on their website. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, pinballbuzz.com. And, Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I it's think it's a, it's a little bit hidden. You have to go into the shop, and then there's. Um, there's a section called Royal Pinball Machines for some reason, and uh, that's where you'll find the, the punny pinball machine. Right. So let me take a look now, because I recall that they actually had a timeline um, with each game in the sense that when it would be out. So I'm trying to look that up right now. It's very entertaining. Um... um uh, audio to listen to. Mm, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's a long, long description. Oh, actually, it's a ten point one inch display, so it's a, it's a netbook. I do have display, um, the machine. Actually, I have some news for you. For me? Yeah. Ooh. Um, okay. Click on uh, the uh, if you're on uh, if you're on the are you on the uh, the Pinball Buzz website as well as I am right now? Who isn't? Well, then click on Pinball Team. Ooh. And scroll down. Wow. Let's see. Team leader and concept designer. No, one down. It's our friends <laughs> from Team Pinball in the UK who apparently are now working for uh, Pinball Buzz, Pinball Adventures. 
Oh, that would explain uh, the conversation I had with them a little earlier this week. Ah, which was? That uh, they are working on another title as a contract game. Right. Okay. So I think we might have worked out what that contract game is. Well, not the game, but at least for who they, who they are working. So uh, congrats on, uh, on, on, on landing this contract job to, um, to Team Pinball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, must be time for another another trip down to uh, South Wales to to uh, to see how they're getting on. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for them. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So it's a. It's a I'm looking over. Um, they got quite a staff of people. So um, I can't wait to see whenever they are ready to to launch um, uh, their games. It's uh, quite uh, quite a number of people apparently working. Um, actually, I think everybody in the factory is, uh, has a picture uh, listed. But <laughs> that's um, um, that's fine. So you said had to shop. Oh, this is so such interesting podcast audio. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yes, right. web browsing on uh, on the radio. Yeah, right, so, so uh, pinball machine parts, the pony shirts. Uh, where do I have to look for the pinball machines? Oh, right oh, here, like Royal, Royal Pinball something. Machine. I found yeah. it, I found there it. There you go. Yeah, it's all, uh, it's all there somewhere. No, I got uh, it, I got it, I got it. Well, but perhaps they will uh, They'll have something to, to show a little bit later this year then, maybe uh, somewhere like Pinball Expo, where... Um, some other things will be. Some other games will, might well be revealed. Right. Have you got any any suggestions on uh, what we might be seeing at Pinball Expo this at year? Pinball Expo. Being announced. Um, well, um, I tell you what, I won't expecting to be seeing. I don't expect Jersey Jack will reveal the um, the second game that he announced that would be uh, become available this year. Um, because the year doesn't end with Pinball Expo, and I think they might be holding on to their new title. Um, with Wonka doing uh, very well currently, their 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 factory is, uh, is 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 cranking out games, and uh, uh, obviously they might also um, uh, with with the whole situation uh, that's currently going on with the playfield and so on, they might be. I know, I'm not sure whether how how that might affect uh, uh, production right now, but uh, I'm not expecting Jersey Jack to reveal a new game at Expo. Um, what we do know is that uh, Elvira announced that uh, um, her third game uh, to be manufactured by Stern Pinball, designed by Dennis Nordman, who was at the time not working for Deep Root. Since then, when he once he finished his design, handed it in to Stern, and then signed uh, with Deep Root, um, with artwork by Greg Ferris. So the, the traditional um, uh, Elvira pinball team, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm yeah. expecting Mark Wayna to be part of it as well, uh, as he was on Scat Stiff. So... Uh, and he's working at Stern, so why wouldn't he? Um, that game is expected, or is actually uh, confirmed by Elvira already, to be um, available in October. So it would be very odd not to have it at Expo. Um, yes, you would think it would be there for, well, the game would certainly be in customers' homes for Halloween at the right. end of the month. Yes. Um, so actually, I find the, the, the uh, if that game would be, let's say, announced 
um, uh, by the end of September, um, that's still a very short window for Stern to actually um, manufacture games and have them at people's homes um, going through the distribution channel as it is. Um, that's, a, that's a small window. Obviously, it's an Elvira game, so it will be fun once Halloween is over, but I can imagine that you would want to jump on the hype of Halloween as it is a hype in America, uh, for sure. It would, yes. And, you know, timescales are going to be very tight because um, we're doing this now at the beginning of September almost, and uh, so that only really gives you, you know, nine weeks in order before uh, we're at the end of October. And in that time, you have to, you know, announce the game, start production and, and ship it. And, and it hasn't been that long since either... Um, Stern or Jersey Jack announced their their previous games and Stern certainly recently um, much more recently than than Jack, but Jersey Jack announced theirs back in what March was it or April um, uh, the same at the um, at the Midwest and uh, the French show at the same time that we were there and although it's been a, a few months more for them production didn't start until later. Right. So they're, they're both I, companies are sort of getting really well into, you know, getting into the flow of producing their their current titles, and I don't think they want to want to be uh, start promoting uh, the next one just yet. Well, I'd, I'd say um, Jurassic Park might be cut short uh, due to uh, Elvira, unless Stern would have like two production lines where they could run both games, and um, so now. I was looking in the Elvira thread um, uh, uh, last night um, where I saw mentioned that, uh, and obviously let's take this with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because we don't know whether it's true, but um, apparently um, the uh, the new Elvira game is going to be like similar to the, uh, the Batman model. No pro version, but... Um, like a um, starts with a premium. It starts with a premium LE and a super LE, where mm-hmm. it was said that the super limited edition would be sold directly from uh, or by Elvira. So you could only order that probably on Elvira.com or mm. um, um, whatever web shop um, she's um, uh, hosting. Whether there's any truth to that. Um, remains to be seen. Obviously, the game has still not been announced. It might just be speculation. Um, but um, Elvira, being the businesswoman that she is, it would not surprise me. No, absolutely not. No, no. I'm just uh, just looking at, at the Elvira.com website right now, just as you uh, you say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't don't get too distracted. Uh, sorry. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, but, um, yeah, um, no, what I did, um, uh, understand, um, but obviously we got to this subject, um, uh, since we were talking about, uh, Pinball Expo, you were asking what games are we expecting? Um, yes. so the Elvira game that, that might be there. Um, I'm not sure whether Chicago gaming or American Pinball Will we have? Will have anything to reveal? Oh, uh, well, American Pinball would certainly fit in with their with their timeline because um, they they generally announce at Expo. That's when uh, when they've done the last two games. So one game a year would seem reasonable, right, for them okay. at the moment. 
Um, as for anyone else, I don't know. Spooky, uh, probably not, because that would be Scott's game, and that that's scheduled for January. So, not sure whether they want to, uh, whether it would be ready for a reveal at Expo. And if it is, uh, chances are it won't be revealed at Expo, but it would be revealed at the Pimble Live party. Yeah, true, or at least um, shown there, and. But that doesn't mean they won't have it at, at Expo as well. Yeah, no, that's true. So, um, and I guess that that's all the the the, the major manufacturers. I mean, I mm. don't expect Deeproot to reveal anything at Expo. No, no, they're holding off until uh, Houston. Yes, which so, they've already announced in in advance. In fact, they, I think they probably said they won't be showing anything until that point. Right. So, um, yes, and um, what is interesting, um, uh, people who attended Expo um, in previous years uh, might be familiar with the uh, 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 Stern party on Saturday night. Sternorama. Um, right, and apparently this year um, the Stern party will be on Friday night. Hmm. Um, and that caused Jack to, uh, uh, or Jersey Jack, to move their party um, to the Saturday night. Um, yeah. so, so they will be closing the show, effectively. Right. So that could be, um, well, that could be interesting. They, um, I asked Jack um, if he had any plans, and they're still working out some ideas for what they can do um, um, with, the, with the Saturday night show. So, um, but that's... Um, yeah, that's interesting, and um, one can only speculate why mm-hmm. would Stern have to move or uh, want to move to mm-hmm. the Friday? Because I'm, I'm not assuming that is done by um, uh, because Expo wanted Stern on a Friday. So no, no. So. I wonder if uh, that's the only uh, time that somebody who would, might be part of the celebration there would be available. I mm. don't know. Oh well, let's, let's speculate on that. And uh, but uh, anyway, keep an eye on Elvira.com on a totally unrelated um, matter because they, uh, that's where she uh, publishes details of her upcoming signing uh, sessions. So uh, if you can't make Expo or uh, want to want to see her at one of the other things that she's visiting, uh, one of the uh, like the Salem Horror Fest or. Uh, Days of the Dead or anything like that, then uh, you'll find all the details of that on uh, on Elvira.com on a totally unrelated subject. Yeah. Now, speaking of Pinball Expo, um, this year will be the 35th anniversary of Pinball Expo. Uh, it will uh, indeed. Yep. Very nice lustrum. And um, I recently talked to Rob Burke. Um, I plan to have him on our uh, next uh, monthly uh, episode, so that would be the uh, uh, next month, um, September. To, to, to September, um, to uh, to discuss what we can expect. But what he told me so far is um, it's going to be um, amazing. <laughs> Obviously, he would say that, and um, but but apparently there's going to be like over 500 uh, games in the free play area. Wow. Which is, uh, well, that's the Texas size. Uh, it's going to be huge for uh, for that show because they've also got um, the Horror House Fest as well taking place um, in one of the halls, which um, was an event, I think, which was it the, I think it was the Rocky Mountain 
uh, Pinball Showdown. I have featured that for the past couple of years, and um, and Rob's tempted them to come along to, to Expo as well. So that's right. going to be a new added attraction. So I haven't seen um, a seminar program yet, but I'm expecting seminars to be um, interesting as ever. Um, I have. I'm afraid, I'm afraid we're not on it. We're, we, we, have, we haven't made the cut this year. We haven't made the cut. I'm no. still working out whether I'm, I actually will be at Expo or not, because I'm... Currently, it looks like I might not be, due to a conflicting event. Well, if you if you know Rob, you'll know the fact that whether we're going to be there or not has little bearing on whether you're on the seminar schedule or not. You know, well, like I also know on there, and, you, and then it's up to you to make sure you're there. I also know that um, um, the, the schedule that might be available today might not be the schedule that you'll see at Expo. No, all these things are liable to change, of course. So, yeah. uh, but it's uh, um, um, it, it, uh, a 35th anniversary of Pinball Expo. It's um, it sounds to me like it has to be an event that you want to be at. It's well, it's Expo, and it's a special anniversary one. So it's it's bigger yeah. and bigger than ever. So, right. But yeah. There's also sad news regarding Pinball Expo, although not slightly related. <laughs> but I understood that the um, Twin Peaks restaurant in the parking lot closed. <laughs> Yeah, I'd heard rumours of that. I also heard that uh, Ram, uh, the other uh, the microbrewery across the road, is also closed. Oh my God! So I the number it. of uh, potential late night venues seems to have sort of narrowed down to Spears, which is the only one that's, that's in the parking lot outside on the corner, right. the one with the with the flame pit outside. Right. That seems to be about the only place that's going to be open late. Well, then you better I, bring, I, bring drinks and uh, and and uh, let's find. Yeah. It. Yeah, party in your room. Oh, you're not going. Uh, party in my room, then. Well, if okay. I'm going, I might be ending up in your room, so <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Ah, okay. Uh, we'll work something out. But, yeah, uh, it, it, it was disappointing. that uh, I wasn't, wasn't worried. I wasn't uh, disappointed at all about Twin Peaks. Cause, uh, no, you were not, but... No, no, but uh, I was more interested in Ram over the road, which is uh, it's a chain, but it's, uh, at least it had some interesting... Yeah. food and uh, drink options, whereas uh, Twin Peaks only had one other interesting feature about it. Right. Which uh, are the chicken fingers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say the mozzarella sticks themselves, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Each so. to their own. That's why, that's why they have both on the menu. Yeah. So anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking into uh, uh, if I can make it to Expo, and um, I might might be there starting friday afternoon hope it will be um, I'm, I'm still looking into whether um, that's an option uh having a um uh, 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 uh the, the the most important dance music event in the world taking place in amsterdam uh and me producing dance music and that's sort of a place where i have to be mm. especially since yeah. i will have two new singles out um if you want to read about those i'll i'll include that in my monthly uh, free newsletter, the Pinball Magazine uh, newsletter. So make sure you're subscribed to that, uh, where you can read about um, all the other, um, well, the, the same topics as we discussed in uh, uh, in this podcast, but also briefly uh, link to um, new productions that have been released um, by me. So. Oh, very good. And... Um 
Just going back to Expo for a moment, I will certainly be there for the entire duration, and both before and after Expo, and I'll be sharing... Oh, actually, I'm... Is that me? Or is that... Yes, it oh. is, actually. It oh. is me. Yeah. And my, my roommate, Gary, is, is calling. And I'm sure he wants to discuss the, the arrangements for sharing the room and uh, when we're going to be uh, arriving. Right. Um, okay. So do you think I should uh, talk to him now? Oh, I can't talk to him now. We're in the middle of the podcast. So I'll, I'll try and call him back, shall I? Um, I, I guess that's the best uh, thing to do. But you, you can't plug him in, right? Because it's, No. It's... Um, well, I, oh, oh. I can't now. He's he's hung up. Oh, he, he does it every time. I was just about to get him on air as well. I was about to hold him up to the. Mo- oh, well, never mind. Well, we'll get him on air anyway. Um, uh, yeah, at speaking, a future sp- day. Speaking of uh, uh, Gary Flower and um, um, hmm, last weekend we had the um, uh, the UK Pin Fest. We did. Yes, you and but I were no both. No, Gary Flower. That. No, no, absolutely. No, it's uh, it was it was held. The UK Pinball uh, UK Pin Fest is the um, is the national UK pinball show, uh, which is held at the Mercure Daventry Court Hotel in the uh, in the town of Daventry in the English Midlands. Um, you and I have both written reports about yes. that. So yes. uh, you can, on pinball-magazine.com and on pinballnews.com, you can read our respective takes on uh, on the weekend's events right um it it wasn't as big as it had been in previous years there were no special guests or seminars or anything like that but it was um i think probably the most important thing was that uh, last year it, it made a loss and this year it didn't so it looks oh, like um the I'm organizer happy. phil yeah, yeah has has made a has worked out how to make the show work on a financial basis which is uh, you know the, the first thing that has to happen otherwise we won't have a show Right. So uh, from that basis onwards, he can he can start growing the show and uh, sort of adding more features to it and uh, and make it uh, bring in more and more guests um, from various aspects of the pinball business right, and, so. and the hobby. Right. Um, uh, there were well, you, you say there were no special guests. That's not entirely true. No, there are no special guests giving uh, any talks. I should say. Yes, uh, because um, uh, two special guests that were present were the uh, the pinball amigos. Mm. from uh, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Um, if you've followed their thread on, uh, on Pinside, they are building um, uh, homebrew games, let's call it that, uh, but they're really thinking outside the box, um, heavily inspired by some uh, um, stuff that in other countries is only available on prescription. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, no, they, they, they brought their Despicable Me game and the uh, the Crazy Mansion, which is turning out to be a really crazy mansion. Um, yes, it, it has a, um, uh, aside from, from uh, a back box with the two uh, talking heads uh, taken from like a roadshow game. Okay. Kind yeah. of like Red Ted or Ro- Rudy. I think yeah. they're two rookies, aren't they? No, no, no. It's a. Uh, it's well, a, Red and Ted. Yeah, yeah, Red and Ted. And oh. um, but but the 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 playfield has a part that that is um, hinged and moving up and down. Uh, it's the first game that has a smoke machine in it, uh, uh, that <laughs> blows smoke up the playfield. Yeah. And um, they're just 
going with the wildest ideas. And it, uh, um, um, these guys are, uh, um, one of them is into um, uh, fixing cars. And um, they just think of something that they want to do and they just do it. You know, it's um, very unlike any other pinball designer professionally would normally work with cat drawings and what have you and, and so and, on. They just and, take and a saw lines. and a drill and, and they... They they hammer away and that's how they build their games, um, but at the same time it's it's very interesting to see what they come up with so far. Yeah, um, they've been working on their, those for I don't know three years I think those, yeah, those two games like that, at least. So. Yeah, um, they're, they're kind of regulars are now at the uh, the Dutch Pinball Open Expo. Yes, and I dare say they'll be back again this year. Yeah. Um, they probably will. I don't think they will be doing a seminar. I did ask, um, mm -hmm. but they'd rather be on the floor talking to people. That's where yeah. they're more comfortable. Uh, com that's more comfortable for them. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, a well, very nice uh, lads, by the way. Uh, they gave me a ride back to the airport, so that was uh, that was very nice of them. Mm -hmm. And we actually, uh, I came up with the idea. Uh, it was bloody hot, and <laughs> seriously extremely hot um, uh, weather-wise, um, which gave me the brilliant idea, let's just basically, instead of going out to a restaurant, why not buy a throwaway barbecue and um, some meat and um, have a little barbecue um, out the back door of the hotel uh, near the parking lot. And... Um, I asked the, uh, the the Pimble Amigos whether they'd be uh, interested in that as well, and they were immediately uh, uh, supportive of the idea. Uh, so that's exactly what we did, and we ended up barbecuing uh, the three of us. <laughs> we had a we had a blast. I can't can't say anything else. It was mm. was it was really really interesting. It's also very pleasant to have a sh uh, um, actually. Uh, at the UK Pinfest, I think that's the only pinball show that actually closes down for an hour so that people can go and have a bite. Well, yes, it's also gives the machines a rest, but um, that's a changeover period between the sort of general admission, which finishes about six o'clock. Right. And then there's a seven o'clock onwards VIP session right. for those who bought VIP tickets. Right. So that, that's a more exclusive event. Um, although it, it did seem that everybody was in the hall, I think, anyway, for the VIPs, one way or the other. Right. Um, uh, not that not there's a huge amount else to do around the hotel because uh, it's in the middle of, uh, well, nowhere really. But um, it's a nice enough hotel, but it's, it's all right. But the, the show was uh, the only, only reason to be there, I would say. Right. And um, and the people who were there, and it was very interesting. And yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, it's always with every pinball show, it's 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 great social events. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to give um, uh, credit to uh, Neil McRae, who um, hosted the um, uh, Stallball tournaments, amongst others. Yeah. Yes, he, he did, did several. Yeah, I, I lost track of what else he was organizing, but Stallball was new to me um, and very entertaining, easy to organize. And um, um, yeah, everybody was on, especially Saturday night. Um, I don't think you were there at that point. No, I, that's the point at which I discovered I hadn't got a room for the night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after the hotel 
um, messed up my booking and only booked me in for Friday Kindly night. asked you to leave, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, ring me up in my room and say, oh, when are you leaving? I said, well, tomorrow. I went, no. No, you, we, we, you, you, we want you out like now. You to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I stopped writing my report and uh, packed everything into a bag and, and got out. So, yeah, so I wasn't there for Saturday night. I uh, I went, um, I made other arrangements for the evening. Right. Uh, which yeah, I won't go so. into now. But, uh, no, the Storball So event, I didn't play Storball. Yeah, Storball, um, if you're not familiar with the concept, I wasn't either until last weekend. Um, Storball is where um, basically there is a, a, a huge queue or line of people waiting to play a game. Um, one machine. On one machine. Uh, in this case, the Shadow. Um, what happens is... Uh, a game is being started, first player starts playing, and as soon as you shoot the ball in the area, where is it kept for a few seconds, uh, which on the shadow could be either um, behind the... Um, uh, the sanctum lock. The or... sanctum lock, thank you, or up the, the battlefield, on, on the battlefield, or the kick. Uh, the the... start hole, or the Khan yes. um, multi-ball... Right. Oh, so anyway, stop. yeah. So there's a a, a few um, uh, portions of the playfield where you can shoot the ball, and then the idea is that the, uh, the 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 current player steps away from the game. The next player in line takes over the flipper buttons and continues to play. Has to do the same thing, shoot the ball somewhere where he can step away. Um, but if you drain the ball, you're out. So you have to step out of the line. And the, the 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 line continues. The people who didn't drain get back uh, in line at the end. Um, yeah. And I think we had over 60 people playing uh, that that game on the Soulball session of uh, Saturday night. Um, you think that would take long? No, it doesn't. It was really over in like I think probably less than 10 minutes, something wow. like that. And, uh, uh, I mean, I was in there, um, very unlucky. I got the ball in the flings <laughs> and immediately uh, left out lane, and that was it for me. So, um, but it's very fun and easy to organize um, uh, uh, tournament. And I would not be surprised if we see Soulball showing up at the uh, Dutch Pinball Open. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you can just organize ad hoc, isn't it? And just uh, make an announcement over the PA yeah. that you're doing the stall ball and then everybody, and which machine it is, and everybody just rushes to it and, right. and, and I was off actually, you go. I was actually surprised to see that Neil was, I think the winner got a, like a, a 5G uh, phone. Yeah, yeah uh, got an iPhone, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I was like, wow. I mean, it's a free tournament to play, so... Yeah, Neil had some amazing prizes. Um, he did another tournament, um, which was a, a sort of self-scoring one, where you picked 10 machines out of 15 and uh, registered your own scores and, and uh, just handed in the sheet. And, uh, yeah, the, the, I think the, the main winner of that also got a, a, a 5G iPhone. And the, uh, the junior winner of that got, a, got an Xbox. Wow. So, uh, yeah, those are lovely prizes. Yeah, okay. Well, let's hope Neil makes it to the Dutch Film Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, well. So, uh, but, uh, uh, okay, long story short, I had a, oh, I had a fun time at the uh, at the UK Pinfest. Uh, always nice to catch up with uh, uh, my, my, my UK friends. And um, I'm looking forward to going back next year. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's definitely going to be back. Um, I think there's a discussion going on now about where and when is the best time to do it. Uh, this time it was held on a public holiday uh, weekend, as it as it quite often is. But no, there are swings and roundabouts to that. Uh, the traffic and um, and sometimes the temperature as well can, as it did this weekend. I mean, it was exceptional that weekend. It was the hottest um, August public holiday weekend we, we've ever had in the UK. So uh, thanks to global warming or climate change or whatever, um, that um, that is something which might be seeing more of in the future. But um, there's also yeah, the question of um, whether it's, it's during school holidays, is that a good time or a bad time? And, and also what other shows are going on as well. So it, chances are it'll be back again next next um, middle of August. Oh, sorry, um, middle to end of August. No, that'd be the last weekend in August, actually, won't it? Um, in 2020 and probably back at the same location. And okay. unless, any, unless anything dramatic changes, because um, I think it was generally deemed to be a success. Okay. That's UK Pinfest. Okay, good. So um, I got one more topic on my list, Ooh, on, um, which is actually about another podcast. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, um, I was actually surprised to see that uh, Nate Schiffers from Coast to Coast uh, Pinball started a new podcast series um, together with Roger Sharp, um, where um, if you're familiar with uh, Roger Sharp, who is... Um, uh, featured uh, in depth in Pinball Magazine number one, um, Roger published um, his own uh, book called Pinball uh, in 1976. Um, for that book, he did interviews with um, all the major um, uh, manufacturers at that time. Um, so he actually talked to people like Norm Clark, David Gottlieb, um, I think uh, Harry Williams and so on. And uh, um, the good news is Roger recorded all those interviews and still has those tapes. And what um, uh, Josh um, Sharp, uh, Roger's son, uh, said, like, well, Dad, you're sitting on a gold mine and uh, convinced Roger to digitize these tape recordings. And they found a... um, uh, a podcast partner in Nate Chivers, who is uh, dis- uh, well, had his first episode in which they were um, discussing the history of these tapes, and they also included um, Roger's interview with Harry Williams. Wow, that's not somebody you're going to hear from too often. Exactly, and especially hear from because mm. this might be the only audio um, left of Harry Williams. And they're they're discussing in a cafeteria um, Harry's um, role in pinball. He talks about how he invented the tilt and um, uh, other things in games. And I really recommend um, everybody like listen to this because this has uh, if you're into pinball, this has great historic value. Mm, that's uh, it's, coast it's, to coast. Yes. Coast yeah. to Coast Pinball with Nate Shivers. So uh, thank you, Nate, for making these uh, this series. And I'm very highly interested in seeing um, what other recordings are uh, going to be um, published. Yeah. yeah, in the series. That's yes. Good. Yeah. So uh, and I'm happy to see that Nate's back. Uh, he stopped making his regular uh, Coast to Coast Pinball uh, podcast because he's not that much into pinball 
due to being very busy with his work. Uh, but he is still living in Amsterdam, and um, uh, I'm happy that he picked this up. So uh, congrats to uh, to Nate. And uh, actually, I hope to see him this year at the Dutch Pinball Open because, you know, he's still living in Amsterdam, so it's about time that he would make it over this time. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, well, you know what? I think we've run out of topics for this this uh, particular podcast, haven't we? Um, yeah, I think we covered everything. Wow. Okay. That's, it feels like it's uh, been quite quite in depth this time. Yeah, like we said, um, even for a slow month, lots of news. Yeah, so uh, huge thanks to uh, to Jack Winery for um, for coming on and telling us about uh, Playfields and uh, the issues there that uh, not just he but other companies are having there and uh, what uh, what Jersey Jack Pinball are doing about it. Right. So and don't forget to uh, keep an eye on uh, um, the Pinball News uh, Facebook pages and uh, social media and the Pinball Magazine social media. My personal social media and so on because um, like we mentioned earlier we have a uh, an interview scheduled for next Monday with uh, Barry um, from Dutch Pinball and we hope to uh, publish that early next week so um, look forward to a bonus episode of uh, the Pinball Magazine and Pinball News podcast uh, completely focusing on uh, the history uh, of Dutch pinball, uh, the court case, and and the future plans. Yeah, um, How Barry expects to um, to get his company going. Basically, uh, I think that that's what it comes down to. So uh, make sure to uh, keep an eye out for that as well, because I think it will be highly interesting. It will. Yeah. Okay. So with that, we'll uh, we'll uh, thank you very much for listening to to this look back on the month of uh, August. August. Yep. Yeah, Twenty nineteen. And uh, we will uh, see you in the, in the bonus podcast coming up uh, hopefully next week. And if not then, then uh, we'll see you at the end of September looking back at that month. Right. So until then, from uh, myself, Martin Ayab, and Jonathan Houston of Pinball Magazine. We will say goodbye and see you next time. Goodbye.